You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, it's all about the Bible, Donald Trump, and public schooling. Today we're looking at We Are Libertarians Daily. I'm your host, Hody Johns, and I am joined by a member of the research team and just all-around good guy, Von Sparger. I believe that's how it's pronounced, right? Yes, you got it right. All right, first try. I know Chris has had to do it live on the show before. I'm glad I managed to get it as well. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, a little chilly, but other than that, really good. Now, are you one of the Indiana boys as well, or are you elsewhere? Um, no, I'm not in Indiana. I'm about eight hours east of them. I'm in uh, northeast Ohio. Gotcha. You know, it's funny. I'm here in the Rockies. I flip between Utah and Colorado, and most of the time, I'm the one complaining about the cold and the snow. But looking at <laughs> now, finally, we get a chance to look at the rest of the country, fold our arms and shake our heads and just say, wow, now they got to deal with it. They're yep. doing <laughs> Well, uh, let's get into it. Uh, So Donald Trump uh, issued a tweet. I know you're not going to believe that already. Amazing. Um, But it said, numerous states introducing Bible literacy classes, giving students the option of studying the Bible. Starting to make a turn back, question mark, great exclamation point. So he's wanting to see... Bible reintroduced in, uh, in a Bible literacy introduced in uh, some of these schools. Now, you and I are both Bible loving Christians. Uh, you are a Baptist. I am LDS slash Mormon, and uh, we've we've we enjoy giving the Bible a good read. Uh, I got my degree in theology. You actually have made it your profession, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I'm an associate pastor right now. There you go. So, uh, so, so we, you would think this tweet would be geared at us, but you and I both had kind of the same reaction when we saw it. Uh, so, so let's start, I'll start with you. What's, uh, what's your first point you would like to make about it? Well, the first thought I had when I saw it starting to make a turn back great as if the public schools are the place we want our children to be learning their morality. And I just find it hilarious that the same people who complain that the liberal SJWs are using the public schools to indoctrinate and brainwash our children are now the same people they want to teach our children the Bible. That doesn't make any sense at all. The botching of the Bible was also my number one concern because I do not want the public schools messing it up. I have found that as an adult, I have had to unlearn so much of what I learned about history so much of what I learned, heck, even about biology and science, I had some classes that there were some cor- corrections that need to be made. Uh, I-, I found that I had to unlearn a lot about social studies. And I just w- was thinking, I-, I took a religious class even in high school. It was like an elective and it was optional. And I just remember the the author of the textbook for it was so like, here's what's great about all these religions, and here's why Christianity's terrible. And this was just a religious class. Yeah. And, and that's my thought, is just right off the bat, the the bias is gonna is there already to be like, I don't like Christianity. So when you get a whole let's take that and put it under a microscope, I just I don't see you can't you can make them teach it, 
but you can't make them like it. And the problem is, if the schools are going to be required to teach it, they're going to make it look bad. I I I had a one textbook that put like Calvin Coolidge, the laissez-faire president that we had, like at the bottom list of like worst presidents ever, because even though the Roaring Twenties were pretty good, he was like really ineffective. And I'm like, dude, he ranked worse than Nixon. So the thing is, is maybe even if they have to teach about Calvin Coolidge, they're gonna tell you he's bad. So why would I want to teach them something that I probably should be teaching them at home that I can put in a positive light or even just a fair, unbiased light and give it to the teacher? So I know know I'm ranting on this, but that's probably, I think, the most important point to take away from all of this. Well, it's an important point, but even at a more basic level, when you look at um, the history of the U.S., the history of the founding and you look at the specifically the Baptists, you know, most people think the colonies were a bastion of freedom of religion. And that just isn't true. Um, there were they had state churches. If you didn't you had to pay your taxes to the state church. You were members of the state church and the, the government would actually enforce the state church's ideas of doctrine on you. And if you were an apostate, you could even be killed. Apostate is just non-believer. Yes. No, not even just non-believer. An apostate is anybody who disagrees with that particular denomination in cases. There were Quakers that were killed in um, uh, Massachusetts for their faith. See, I love the Founding Fathers. You don't necessarily love the time period. And uh, there are definitely some... uh, It's funny that you come seeking religious freedom... But they still wanted that separate but equal mentality. You know what I mean? They're like, well, I want freedom for my people. Like, for yeah, They the- wanted freedom t- for their religion. They didn't want freedom for anybody else. There was only two colonies, maybe three, two and a half, that had anything close to freedom of religion. And that was Rhode Island, which was started by Roger Williams, who also founded the First Baptist Church. And he was so so big on separation of church and state. And he refused to allow the state of uh, the colony of Rhode Island to have any influence on the church and vice versa. We think about separation of church and state. And I think people fear taking God off of coins or, you know, taking under God out of the pledge of allegiance, which may indeed be a side effect if we're really to fully embrace separation of church and state. Roger Williams fought to get God out of the state model of Rhode Island or the colony. I mean, really? See, that's, yes. yeah, I mean, and he himself being a believer, correct? Yes. In fact, the one thing the Puritans could never charge against him was that he was an, that he was a bad person. He was, before he left Massachusetts, he was considered one of the most godly men they knew. So this is not a contradiction to be a believer. I'm not sure. Vaughn and I are trying to be edgy. Believe me, if you know me, I am not an edgy person. I'm not even close. But the... This is just looking at it very evenly, looking at a history and seeing what's happened, and seeing that separation of church and state isn't just for the safety of the state against religion. This is safety also for religion against the state. Think about this. Yes. If they can put under God on coins and, and, and whatnot, they can put whatever they want about any religion on, on coinage. And teach it that way and say, well, you know, we're allowed to say it because we're the state and we can say whatever we want to about any religion. 
I mean, I know myself being in one of the minority Christian religions that already gets a lot of flack sometimes. I don't want the state saying anything about Mormonism. I don't want that. They it's misconstrued badly enough in it socially. I don't need the public, uh, the public elected officials putting in their two cents, and people get thinking. Then all of a sudden, those bad opinions have some legitimacy about it. Uh, I mean, the, the other issue with separation of church and state for, to defend the concept from a religious perspective is. If you look back through history, whenever the state and the church become intermingled, the church becomes corrupt. Because think about it. What is the purpose of state power, of being in getting a government position? It's the power, right? And when the church begins to have a huge effect on the government, then people are going to seek positions of authority in the church so that they can have power in the government. And so now you've got all these preachers, these priests, these people, they're in the church because they want to lord over other people. They want to be a government power. They want to be able to use that and they're not in it because they actually care about their religious beliefs. It's you're telling me feudal monarchies weren't like the bastion of religion. That wasn't like when religion fly thrived the most. No. In fact, most of them, they were Christian in name only. If you look back at their actions, I, I look at it and, and I look at those feudal monarchies and say, they barely even bothered to teach the people about faith. They didn't, no. n- none of them could read. It was intentional because they didn't yes. want them reading what the gospel would actually say about the evil things they were doing. It was, it was illegal for them to read the Bible. Right. If you weren't a clergy person, that was intentional. And so I am very strongly for separation of church and state because I don't want the government to have anything at all to do with my beliefs. I don't want them corrupting it in any way, shape, or form. Now, I do want to address something in the tweet here, and because I, 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 I don't like going overboard dumping, on, even on a guy like yes. Trump, who makes himself very yeah. indefensible. He does say, he does say, giving the students the option of studying the Bible. So, this is, what do you think of that? Well... Number one, I mean, I don't have a problem with Bible study classes that students would choose, but I would want those to be after school. I wouldn't want them to be getting credit for them. But the other thing, when he says Bible literacy classes, I'm not saying that you can't ever talk about the Bible in public schools. I mean, look at literature class. How many, how much of English literature was affected by the Bible? Of course, you're going to have to talk about those influences on when you're reading Dickens or McDonald or many of these other writers, but I don't like the idea of a class just about the Bible. The look at maybe another class that's optional, like sex, sex ed and how that's not optional when I was a kid. Well, (laughs) you can, I I guess it was, it was there and then you could opt out of it for me. Like they, they had a thing you could bring home, be like, if you don't want your kid learning about it, you can sign this form and not do it for me. But it's also something that I think most people recognized as a waste of time. Yep. And uh, and was done in this way that was just kind of confusing and bland, and you'd already known more about it from home anyway. But then, what happens? The people from uh, a lot of the... the uh, I don't want to say people from inner cities, but there are a lot of people who said, well, I don't have to teach them about it. The school's going to teach them about it. What if that becomes our, these same people have this mentality, even being honest, good, you know, Bible-believing Christians, and they say, well, I used to have to teach my kid about 
faith. But now I'm going to let the public schools do it. I mean, that's what they did with sex ed. Imagine that happening with the Bible. And what they know about the Bible comes from school. It's already no good for sex ed. Then it's going to happen with the Bible. You just brought up another thing I was thinking about. One of the things is this idea that everything a child needs to know needs to be taught in the schools. No, not at all. It's the parents' job to educate their children. And I don't mean that, I'm not saying, oh, they have to homeschool, but ultimately, I don't want, I mean, why should a parent want the schools teaching their children morality and religion and all those things? Let them teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic, but we're abrogating our responsibility as parents when we just say, oh, the the school will teach that. I want the school to teach that. The parents should be overseeing the education of their child, no matter what type of education it is, whether they're sending them to public schools, private schools, or homeschooling. And the same is for religion, you know, and just look, think about how many denominations there are. So do you as a Baptist really want a Catholic person teaching your child Bible at the public schools? No, absolutely not. I mean, they're going to point out all kinds of things that benefit, you know, the the Bible's, I, I, I disagree that the Bible contradicts itself. I understand that there are paradoxes within the Bible and there's also time frames. And so I understand, and I've reconciled those as, as an, as a studier. But I've also come to many of my own conclusions, as well as some conclusions of others, and come to my own decision on it. But when other people explain those paradoxes, even if they are in good faith, even if they, they believe what they're saying, it's going to be from the stands of here's what it is over here's my opinion of what it is, because your school School gives you the authority to say this is what this is what happened, and yeah. and that's the problem. The well, yeah Sorry, morality can't be learned in the schools anyway. That's not something the school can teach a child. That comes from their parents. Um, Sarah, of course, would probably be better able to understand what I'm talking about. But usually, a child's sense of morality is developed before they even go to school, like when they're two or three years old. Yes. So this idea that if we teach the Bible in the schools, our nation is going to become a more moral nation. That's just not going to happen. So that brings up the second of my big points that I wanted to address here, which was that when we introduced the Department of Education, now there's already public schooling on the state level, and we decided to nationalize it. One of the big selling points from uh, Jimmy Carter, and of course, history remembers him fondly, uh, was that we would no longer, everybody be on equal footing, and we wouldn't have to teach our kids at home anymore. You know, we'd be able to just, finally there would be a department that would take care of that, that would bridge those gaps, and you wouldn't have to teach your kids at home anymore. You could if you wanted, but, you know, it, the school was get, finally going to be able to take care of that once we nationalized it. Vaughn, you can probably guess, without having to look at the same study I'm looking at, what's the number one complaint teachers have about Student education. Uh, not enough money. <laughs> that's the that's in the official capacity. That's the teachers' union, and that's accurate as well. They complain, teachers, that they don't get enough education at home. So yep. we introduce this whole department, this whole nationalized department about education, designed to replace. Uh, designed to replace education at home 
We pour $300 billion plus dollars into it every single year as taxpayers, and what do we get in return? Still complaining that the kids need to be taught at home. They can't do it well. They admit they can't do it well. Good teachers, good, honest public teachers would tell you they can't do it well. So why in the world, if we can't do our one, two, threes and ABCs at school, we need to learn them at home and we need to get good learning, learning skills at home and we need to practice our mathematics at home. Why in the world all of a sudden would we say, well, let's put the Bible in their hands. I'm sure this is the one they're not going to botch up. Yeah, I mean, got a point there. <laughs> The uh, my, my third and final point, although we still have plenty of time, but uh, I'll just address it so that uh, my plate is finally empty, is they don't even do atheism well when they teach it. Now... <laughs> oh, I could tell you stories. Yes. I, I, I'm glad you agree on this one. The... Uh, the, the they don't... I, I, they, go ahead. Go ahead. You have no idea how many times teaching Sunday school in Texas I had to correct my Sunday school students on very basic concepts of sex education or even what evolution is based on what they were taught in the public schools. It's so true. I So biology was my favorite subject in science. I actually thought about doing that in college before I was like, you know, I stay awake better in theology. Because <laughs> when you have to take, you know, for, like 800 hours worth of courses in one subject, you really want that subject to be engaging. And biology is fascinating, but at times you catch yourself like nodding off versus theology where somebody will throw a desk across the room because you, you know, you have a difference of opinion. And for me, that I loved it. That kept me awake. Um, but... But so so but I loved biology. I ended up going back into it. I actually used the Khan Academy biology just to refresh myself because I love it so much. But they have had to revise their textbooks about evolution, atheism, Darwinism hundreds of times already. Already we look at it and we're like, oh, this was our thoughts about atheism. We were really wrong about this one. Oh, we put this about evolution. Oh, oops, we accidentally put what they used to uh, include well, when they talked about missing links. They used to include one that was based on a single tooth and it ended up being a pig's tooth. Yeah, and it was, but, I mean, six years ago, I had kids telling me that they were taught in school that we evolved from apes, which isn't even what evolution teaches. No, that's changed. That's That was the theory of Darwin, but that's altered. <laughs> and and uh, that so there's that. There's also the, uh, a lot of people don't know this, this may even be new to you, but I keep in touch with the community pretty well. The ongoing, the current theory in evolution now is that we came from probably something like rocks, because we're carbon-based life and not aquatic-based life. We actually found that out through like a mix of like medicine. So the idea then became, well, how many textbooks do you still see, or how many videos do you still watch from like public schools, or even public like museums, that still push this well here is starting out under the water and then moving on from there. It's like, well, wait a minute, time out. That might not have actually started out under the water. You know, uh, some of your most famous guys, including Richard Dawkins, Dawkins Niels deGrasse Tyson, 
reject the aquatic life theory and now we're like well now that we're looking at it it actually probably came from from rocks or crystals or something some type of car- carbon uh inanimate carbon so that's what you're looking at and how many textbooks now need to be altered i mean they need to yeah. get around to it and there's just there's no reason for the public schools to teach bible it's not going to do any good I'm not trying to trash evolution because I understand as scientists, you don't have a single scripture. And so the theory gets updated based on review, experimentation. I understand that. But the problem is, is creating that standard and telling millions of people, here's what it is, and then having them find out something else. I don't know. Did you see, because this actually did make the public rounds, when the Big Bang Theory... uh, altered it changed in fact they found the smoking gun and then they noticed some celestial bodies actually working against that cosmic push and they said so it could not have been an infinite mass and density there still could have been a bang but how many times do you hear the big bang just described as a singularity of infinite mass and density that was the that was the mantra for the big bang if you don't know that word for word you went to a different public school than i went to you're probably also better off here's the thing you are better off reading the Wikipedia article about the Big Bang than you are about learning it in public school because you have to undo all that you learned. Even if you do believe in the Big Bang, you have to unlearn a bunch of stuff. Yep. And it's it, it's mind-blowing. Uh, go ahead and continue with some of your funny stories because I didn't have anything funny, just something angry. Well, just, I mean, they just had these ideas. Like in sex education, they were taught that condoms were 100% effective. They were taught that they evolved from apes. I mean, and I'm as conservative a Christian as you can. Yeah, I don't even believe in evolution. And yet even I had to correct them on what evolution taught. So so just me- messing up even what they are, tr- the, the narrative that they're trying to push. They're still yeah. messing it up. So why would I want them to also have the power over my narrative something that's personal and something that I love, and then say, yeah, you guys go ahead and teach this too. (laughs) You mess up your own narrative. I don't want you teaching mine, that's for sure. Yep. So uh, that's that's it for my points. Vaughn, did you have any more that you wanted to bring up? I don't think I have anything more right now. I would love to have more talks with you about Christianity and libertarianism, but this is a good place as any to stop. This, yeah. Well, let's, um, we're still going to do some final thoughts just to wrap up whatever interested you. Uh, I did want to say, I understand that this was presented by two Bible believing Christian people. Uh, but, but we very much, I, I am so open. My family is not Mormon. A lot of people don't know that. I'm actually a convert myself. I am very open to other religions being correct. Ultimately, there wasn't a video camera at the beginning of the universe, and there's so much research to have to go over in every single faith that even a guy like me that studied theology, my goodness, the works of the Buddha, good luck. Good luck getting through all those. I, I They're fascinating, but there's so many of them. And so be open to new knowledge from any source. I'd even be open to knowledge from... The, you know, if you learn something in public schooling, but challenge it, uh, study it, look into it for yourselves, because looking into it for yourself is going to 
give you a better education than anyone that you can get that's a cut, copy and pasted, I guess what they say, a cookie cutter education for everybody else. So uh, just be your own man, especially with, with regards to faith. And Vaughn, I'll let you have your last words. Well, I guess my last words are just, even from where I am, whatever religious freedom that you want as an individual, you need to be willing to let anybody else have it. So even if I don't think that other religions are correct, I still believe they have as much of a right to exist and as much of a right to be as they are. And if we're teaching Christianity in the schools, we're kind of going against that entire idea of just total freedom of religion, where the government and state are not the same, or the government and religion are not the same thing. Yeah, well, I tell you what, man, I look forward to, uh, if we have uh, another religion and politics thing come up, let's definitely get back together. All right. All right, you have a good one, Vaughn. You too.